Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Let's come around the Word of God together this morning. If you've got your Bible, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. When you got it, you're allowed to say, got it. Two Timothy four verse seven. It says, "I have fought the good fight." Everyone say the good fight. Just a show of hands. Who here has been in a physical fight before? Nice. <laughs> There's some really serious looks at me just then. I have completed the course. I have kept the faith. Often this verse is it. We stop there, good fight, finish the course. Can we keep going? Is that okay this morning? Uh, What do I still have to look forward for? The crown of righteousness. We'll keep reading. It says, is it it on the screen? There we go. Uh, The Lord, the righteous judge, will give me as my reward on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. That's the verse 9, and then the verses will continue in a second. But then for a couple of verses, Paul talks about everyone that has left him or betrayed him. 2 Timothy is the last book that Paul wrote. He is imprisoned in this book. He is coming to the end of his life. A few books earlier in Philippians, he's talking about he's not finished his race, and now he's saying that I have. And he lists a few people. It's quite a depressing list. This person has left and they've gone to Thessalonica and now they love the world. And then he says, this person has been sent there, Ephesus. This person has gone there and lists a few people. And then he says, only Luke is still with me. And then the verse says, please bring Mark because he's helpful to me in ministry. And then we have this verse in verse 13 that I find quite interesting. It says, I left a cloak at Carpus, Carpus's house in Troas. Please bring it with you when you come, and also the scrolls and especially the books. This is Paul talking to Timothy. This isn't just, hey, Timothy, keep preaching the word. Don't forget what you're doing. Be faithful. Keep on being an amazing leader in the church of Ephesus. Keep doing all of those things. No, Paul here is saying, I finished my course. I'm coming to the end. Everyone has left me. Please bring Mark. It would be really nice to spend some time with him before I'm dead. Also, I forgot my jacket at someone's house. Could you bring me my jacket? I'd also love my scrolls or parchments or his note-taking documents. And could you please bring my books? It's practical. It's interesting. It's interesting at the end of Paul's life, like often we find with everyone, we find out what really matters to Paul. He's a jacket guy. The verses after this show us that winter is coming, that famous quote. 
He wants his jacket, but he wants the documents, the notes that he's taken, perhaps the revelations that God has revealed to him and shown to him, and the books, probably not the Torah, probably books that he's read to be smarter and better, and he wants these things with him, because even at the end of Paul's life, he is very interested in growing. Even at the end of his life, he wants to reflect back of what God has already said. He wants Mark to come so he can impart to Mark. The verses continue and actually list a whole bunch of people in Rome that are still with him. It gets real depressing for a moment. Everyone has left me and then he lists Claudia and a whole bunch of other people that are still faithful. Paul's having a moment. But these things that he lists, these practical things, the end of his life, what he's actually considering important and valuable that Paul, this apostle, this, this starter of churches, this championing of the body of Christ, this releaser of leaders where he's sending these people out to the churches that he's visited across his four trips, his missionary trips. He's sending out all these people and he's equipping himself with these last tools and things and imparting them to people like Timothy, like Luke and like Mark. As we come to the end of the year, I want us to consider what we choose to be our ending. I want us to think about finishing this season well and not missing the moment. Can I pray for us this morning? Holy Spirit, you are here to empower your church. So we ask that you would be with us this morning. We pray as we come around some simple thoughts that you would empower us, that we would be practical that we would put action to our faith. And I pray, Holy Spirit, this morning you would equip us with fresh tools and fresh courage to finish well our year. I pray that we would leave in this year what is supposed to be left and we would learn lessons to empower us to explore further next year. I pray that you would help us to find explanations for the things that we have been through that we would be educated in what you were supposed to reveal to us and show to us, but that we would explore next year, that we would take new ground and new adventures. So be with us this morning. May your grace empower us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. The Bird Man. The Bird Man was born in September 9th, 1890. It's a good year. The best year for chocolate oak milk. If you get a nice chocolate oak from 1890, delicious. That's a joke. Um, When he was five, uh, the Birdman's father passed away. And by the age of seven, he was responsible for cooking all of the meals for his younger siblings. The Birdman's a little chef. At the age of 12, he dropped out of school. At the age of 13, he left home completely because of a dysfunctional, quote-unquote, toxic relationship with his stepfather and went full-time as a farmhand at the age of 13. At the age of 16, he lied about his age to join the U.S. Army. You can't really do that anymore. It doesn't really work. We can check in with the Navy people. Lying about your age doesn't really have the same effect that it did in the uh, early 20th century. Um, But for two years, he served in the Army. He came back and then joined the railway where he met his wife, Josephine. Everyone say Josephine. From the age of 18 to 22, the Birdman studied a law degree. He's working at the Traino, Bomaderry train station, but upskilling, 
getting his law degree and then he received his law degree and then for three years he practiced law until he was involved in a fight with his own client in a courtroom and then he had his law degree taken away from him. I don't know if you've ever been to court before. I have. If you've ever had to defend your driving before in court, I have. I don't know if you ever met with a court-appointed lawyer before that said, don't worry, you won't get jail time for this, and you were like, I'm pretty sure I was just speeding, but I may have. Had a physical brawl with his client is amazing. Over the next few years, after no longer being in law, he went back to the railway, he sold life insurance, um, he started a ferry business that he sold for $350,000, like a successful ferry business, then he took all of that money and started an acetylene lamp company, but then electricity wrecked a bunch of things for him there, and went completely broke, and at the age of 40, he was approached by this company called Shell, not like Miriam and Shell from our church, but Shell like the fuel company, where he was going to take this gas station, and he took the gas station, and they had these living quarters that he turned into a six-table little restaurant where he sold southern-style food out of. He grew it over the next eight or nine years, and then he bought a 150-seat restaurant. But due to the war and rations, within two years, this restaurant went completely bankrupt. He failed again. <laughs> he then went from uh, this semi-successful business, growing, going great, to nothing again, started working in restaurants as a manager, and then worked his way up again to franchise his 11 herbs and spices recipe. His Southern Kentucky Fried Chicken recipe. At the age of 65, he successfully franchised his business after failure, after failure, after failure. And within three years, again, lost it all. He had this amazing restaurant in Salt Lake City, but because of, you know, the council moving roads and putting in bypasses, his business went completely bankrupt Again, at the age of 65, he packed up his things in his car, living out of his car, traveled across America, went from restaurant to restaurant to try and convince them to buy his secret recipe off him, to sell the chicken and to give him a percentage of everything that they sold. And across the next two years, was incredibly successful. And across the next nine years to the age of 74, amazing success. At the age of 74, he sold KFC at the time for $15 million and a lifelong salary of 75 grand. And he sold it because he, quote unquote, was too old to do it anymore. At the age of 77, the colonel gave his life to Jesus and began giving away all of his wealth to the Salvation Army and other charities and churches. In a book by John G. Lake, it talks about how he was healed miraculously of colon cancer in his late 70s, where his conversion itself, where he got saved, he was a big swearer. Is anyone a big swearer in the room? You love a good swear? No? No honesty? Okay. Well, a few of you are really squirming right now. Okay. 
But from the moment he was saved, completely changed his language and until the age of 90 where he eventually passed away. There's something about the colonel's life of failure followed by success, followed by failure, followed by success, followed by Jesus that is important for us to look at when it comes to how Paul is ending things and how people like the birdman himself finished. And I want to give you three simple tools this morning that I believe will help you, equip you if you're hungry and humble enough, to end this year the best you have ever ended a year. To look at the right things, to focus on the right things, and to end intentionally and to set up 2023 as a a fresh platform that is hungry for God, that is making room for God, that is conforming to God's will above your will. Can I give you three things this morning? And we're going to look at some verses. The first thing is this on the screen. Can you see it? Can you see it? Explain. This statement of, I need to explain my experience well. That what we experience is very important, but the explanation we give that experience is more important because two people can look at the same thing with a different explanation. One can end up a slave, one can end up free. One can end up more whole, one can end up more damaged. One can end up better, one can end up bitter. There's a few verses on our screen, but I want to look in 2 Corinthians. It says this in 2 Corinthians 4, verse... 17 and 18. It says, This slight momentary trouble of ours is working to produce a weight of glory, passing and surpassing everything, lasting forever. For we do not look at things that can be seen, but at things that can't be seen. After all, the things that you can see, are here today and gone tomorrow. But the things you can't see are everlasting. Paul here is encouraging the church in Corinth in the second or third or fourth book that he wrote to them to make sure that they focus on the correct things. James, later on in Corinthians, these two verses behind me, help us to see Paul looking at his suffering, problems, trials, tests, what is naturally before him, but explaining them in the light of eternity. Explaining them not as him at the center and his experience at the center, but the center being Jesus. The center being things that are not here today and gone tomorrow, but the center being everlasting things. And I want to encourage you this morning to evaluate how you are explaining 2022. Can I get practical this morning? People say um, that my teaching is very practical. Um, The opposite of practical is impractical. So I'm okay with that. Um, But in Pentecostal circles, actually the opposite of practical is spiritual. Um, But we won't take it as a dig that I'm not spiritual enough. Um, I want to equip you this morning to maybe explain some things a little bit differently. If you can take this as a practical tip, if you can sit down with the Holy Spirit as you're finishing this year and try and explain some of your 
mountains and valleys through some different filters. Maybe sit down and explain it like you are trying to teach it to a child. Maybe explain it that uh, the most positive light you could put on it. Then maybe explain it the most negative way you could pitch it. That everyone was against you, you know, get some psalms out, some lamentations, like get some, get some books of the Bible that are there that are pretty horrendous, like everyone is against me, even Paul himself, everyone has left me. No, they haven't. Um, and actually explain it out. See what that arrives at. Maybe explain it in a way that you're trying to teach it to someone you're trying to lead to Jesus. Okay, let me look at this thing that I've gone through. Maybe this loss, maybe you're mourning something, maybe something some prayer request hasn't been answered, maybe try and explain it in a way that you're trying to lead your co-worker or friend at school to Jesus. How would that person explain it? And then I want you to go through these different ideas, look at it at different angles, and then sit down and ask yourself this question. I get to choose which explanation I want, but I have to be careful because this explanation is going to take me to a destination. This explanation is going to take me somewhere where I may be a victim or I may be free. I may be closed off to the people around me or I may be willing to open up. That I may be better at forgiving or I might be bitter and twisted. Your explanation of your experience is hugely important because one person loses someone and they are destroyed forever, they'll never connect again and another person loses someone and celebrates the connection that they had and then builds more of them. It's different perspectives on the exact same thing and you and I get to choose how we explain our experiences. We get to choose our end. We get the last laugh when it comes to this. You cannot determine the valleys that you walk through, but you could definitely can talk about who was with you in them. How do you choose to explain your 2022 Maybe this year was the best year of your life. Maybe this year is amongst the worst. Maybe you are ready for the year to be over and take a break. How will you explain it? How would you explain it to your grandkids if you don't have them yet? How would you explain the season? Take a moment with the Holy Spirit to reevaluate what you see and maybe... Look at it in the light of eternity rather than things that will be here today and gone tomorrow. The second thing uh, is found in Proverbs 26, verse 11. The second thing this morning is to educate. This quote of, I don't need to learn this lesson again. This is my catchphrase every time I must learn a lesson. This is going to be the last time that I learn this lesson. I'm going to learn, okay, I've smashed my head into this wall for the very last time. I'm going to change. I choose humility over humiliation. I'm going to let this thing humble me. I'm going to adapt. I'm going to grow. I'm going to become more Christ-like. Can I ask you this morning, could you consider some questions? Could you discover some answers about what you've been through this year? Could you educate yourself? On the screen is a whole bunch of different Proverbs. I want to read my favorite proverb, Proverb 26, verse 11, which says, As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool returns or repeats his folly. What a beautiful, graphic, dog-loving proverb.
As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Maybe you've learned some hard lessons this year. Maybe you haven't learned them yet. Maybe you've gone through and be like, I don't know how I'm going to explain this one. You haven't even taken that first step to be, okay, what's happening here? Can I get you to educate yourself with a few questions? What is God trying to teach me? Another question, what will I do differently next time? How was I right and how was I wrong? How was that person right? How was that person wrong? What are my regrets that I'll get to apply to my next test? How can I not learn this lesson twice? How can I use what I've been through to prepare me to explore new areas, not to repeat year six again and 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 again, but to grow? Maybe this year has been another year where you have been offended too easily. And you sit there in your poopy nappy, call yourself mature, but are led by your emotions and by how other people make you feel constantly instead of placing Christ at the center and choosing to live your life as a sacrifice to Him. And maybe you don't want to repeat that anymore. That's going to require some education. Again, sit with the Holy Spirit and ask some questions. The worst possible things that you go through in life, you may not have a 101 answer for. You may not be able to just grab a scripture out of the Old Testament and say that this works for that and this is perfect, but you can learn something. You can become a tool in the kingdom, useful to someone else that is going through that same valley, that you can explain it differently. Maybe there's some things this morning, church, that if you're honest with yourself, you can look back on and be like, what am I supposed to learn from that? And again, evaluate whether that explanation, that education is going to take you to a place that you are happy with, a place that is going to make you more whole, more Christ-like, more conforming to His will above your own will, or if it's going to lead you to a place that everyone's left you and you're all by yourself and it's all over. Or if it'll leave you celebrating the right things because I want to encourage you, don't return to your vomit. Don't repeat the folly. That was the best line for Paul Green to work walk in on just then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's been here the whole time. Don't return to it. If you've made a mistake, congratulations, join the club. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, I'm covered in my own vomit. That famous saying, can I encourage you? Let's learn. The best thing you can do is learn from someone else's mistake. Sit down with someone after today and say, what is your biggest regrets this year? And learn from their mistakes. What is your biggest, darkest secret? Learn from those things. But to learn from your own mistakes is some wisdom. That sound okay? Uh, the third and uh, final thing this morning is to explore. The statement of I'm moving ahead to explore new places. Every single one of us or most of us are quite likely to have 2023. We're probably going to make it. We're getting close now. I can't guarantee it. 
Um, especially if you come tonight, food poisoning. No, just kidding. It's going to be awesome. Make sure everyone wears tuxedos. Tuxedos, mandatory. That's what I got told. But as we approach a new year, your explanation and your education can result in you being freed up enough to explore new places. Because whether you are 12 or 112, 2023 can be a new place. It can be a entering of a promise. It can be moving forward with God. The alternative is immaturity. The alternative is to stay the same. It is not mature not to progress. To die in the wilderness. 2023 can and should be a year if you choose to explore new places. A few scriptures are on the screen, but let me read Philippians 3 verse 13. It says, My dear family, I don't reckon that I have yet overtaken it. So this is Paul speaking pre-Timothy. This is the reference I said before where Paul's admitting that he's not there yet. But this is my one aim, to forget everything that is behind and to strain every nerve to go after what is ahead. I mean to chase on towards the finishing post where the prize for me is the upward call of God in King Jesus or in Timothy as he describes a crown of righteousness. Verse 13 says this, those of us who are mature, can everyone say mature? Should think like this. If you think differently about it, God will reveal this to you as well. Only let's be sure to keep in line with the position we have reached. My practical things this morning of explain, sit down and, and think through different angles, ask a friend, ask a leader, a mentor, someone to be like, how do you see this thing? What do you think God is trying to teach me? What can, what, what, what's happening here? How do I explain this in a bigger picture? And then how do I educate myself? How do I see smaller details, things that I miss, things that I should do differently? How do I sit this test better next time, not failing and not learning my lesson, but how do I learn? And then how do I sit before God and say, God, I choose to forget and leave behind what I'm supposed to leave behind. How do I remember who you are and what you've done and hold them as treasures in my heart? But how do I forget? And how do I divorce? And how do I leave behind the things that I am not supposed to carry into 2023. Because church, let me give you some truth this morning. The past doesn't travel well. In fact, every time you remember something, you're remembering the last time you remembered it. So the past is getting more and more deformed and more and more obscure and mutant. And it's getting more and more unusual. And you're more and more the hero and everyone else is more and more evil. And it's amazing how good you look. There's some things that don't travel well. And there's this truth here in Philippians that I choose to forget what is behind. Could I demand, <laughs> encourage you to sit 
with Jesus and say, 2023 will be a new exploration. I will know more about you. I will know more about your kingdom. And I choose to leave this year right here. I will not idolize it. I will not worship it. I will not be a slave to it. I will press on towards the goal, which is my reward to know King Jesus, to receive this reward of a crown of righteousness, which is given not just to Paul, but to you and I when we remain faithful, when we, when we stay in eternal things, not temporal things. So church, let's explain well. Let's educate well, but let's get ready to explore. If you don't explain and you don't educate, you will not be positioned to explore new territory. You'll have a whole bunch of warped opinions of the wrong things that are leading you to a destination which looks very much like today. And you'll sit there being a master of the explanation of why nothing is happening. But if you explain it well in the light of eternal things, you will be ready to explore again. I want to give you a warning, an encouragement this morning as we finish. My last message of the year, Pastor Benari is preaching it up next week. Then we've got Christmas Day. It's going to be amazing. But this is my warning to you. Big red slide. It's aggressive. Don't be a victim, a fool, or a slave. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, I don't know. You see, I'm pretty cool. Don't be a victim. Don't be a fool. Don't be a slave. We become a victim when our explanation is subpar. We become a fool when we don't learn the lesson that God is trying to teach us. We return to it again. We wonder how we got there. It always happens to me. Everyone's against me. Sounds pretty foolish. Doesn't sound like the Church of Jesus Christ. Doesn't sound like the winning team. Doesn't sound like people that are focused on eternity. I don't know. It doesn't sound like the body that I think the king of the universe wants to be attached to. We become a slave when we tie ourselves to things and people and moments that are not him. And even your best mountaintops are not him. They may testify of him. They may be you looking through a mirror. But let's choose to anchor ourselves on a God that is moving forward. Let's choose to be a part of a church that is becoming more and more like King Jesus. Please don't be a victim and call it understanding and this is how the world works. Please don't be a fool and pitch it as wisdom and education and this is how the world works. Please don't be a slave. Limited in your adventure, limited in what God could do. And call it wisdom, call it maturity, call it understanding. As Paul encourages us in Philippians as we close, that mature people think like this eyes fixed on a goalpost that we are yet to get to. And that goalpost is not New Year's resolutions. It is much, much ahead of next year, hopefully for all of us.
But it's easy to be a victim, to be a fool, or to be a slave. But I don't want to be. Does anyone else that maybe doesn't want to be that? Maybe you just take some practical time to sit with Jesus, explain, educate, get ready to explore again. Let me speak that over every unanswered prayer, every dream that feels broken, that you would dream again with Jesus over this period. Don't wait for Vision Sunday to be spoon-fed a theme and an idea. That is icing on the cake, but you shouldn't be eating icing alone. Sit with Jesus and find out your code. Find out your mission. Find out your purpose. Because if you are looking to man to find it, at most you get a kind of good copy and at least you become a slave to something that is the wrong thing. Can I pray for you this morning as we finish? Could we stand together as a church family? If you're willing you're with your partner, your family, a friend, why don't you chuck a hand on the shoulder of the person next to you as a statement of family. Please don't interlock your fingers if you're not in a serious relationship. Mark, you moved away from the center, didn't? Oh, Haley's there. Got it. Got it. Apologies. Father, you're a good God. You love giving good gifts to your children. And I pray, God, you would help us to find the gifts that you've given us this year. I pray, Jesus, you would help us to see with our eyes wide open in the view of eternity on what you are doing in our lives personally. I pray that the things that the enemy meant for destruction and death discouragement, depression, hopelessness, that you would help us to see through the eyes of eternity. You would give us wisdom beyond the natural. You would help us to see and explain our experiences in a way that glorifies King Jesus, that doesn't demean who you are and your character and your love towards us, but moves them into eternal things. So I pray as we take moments as we finish this year that you would speak, that we would lament the things that need to be lamented. That if we are mourning loss, that you would help us to explain the experience, to learn, to be with you in the midst of us, that you would be close to us. But I pray in these moments that you would lift our gaze to the goalposts ahead of us. That the goal is not us. The goal is to know you. So help us again to explore. And I speak new careers, dreams, visions for families and cultures and ideals to be spoken over households. I speak fresh wisdom over fathers and mothers and how to raise up the next generation. I speak 
passion over young people and young adults to to pioneer and to go after the things of God. I speak an intimacy over our children that they would explore new places in you, Jesus. I speak vision over every leader, over every person that will stand up for their school and workplace. May we explore again. And I thank you lastly, God, that you are not in hiding, stuck in the things behind us but you go ahead. So would you speak to us? Would you help us? Would we keep our eyes fixed on the author and the perfecter of our faith? Because whether we are 65 like the birdman himself, you are not done with us yet, or 77 yet to receive you, or 40 and lost it all, or five and dealing with huge amounts of loss, or 12 trying to find our own feet. No matter where we are, you go before and we choose to explore with you. Bless our church, help them, and may the volunteers' dinner tonight be the greatest meal of our lives. May we eat so much but not gain weight. May we pick up scorpions and snakes but not die. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We love you, church. We're thankful for you. Volunteers, we'll see you tonight. Next Sunday, Pastor Benaiah and Charlie and Baby Bear are in the house. Can't wait to see you. Stick around. We love you. Peace out. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.